from somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, hell yes, Mr. Rob Roop, and Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, you might be listening to this after Christmas, but hey, you know what? 12 days of Christmas, New Year's, Feast of Mo- Act- Maximum Occupancy. There's a lot going on these days. Merry Festivus. That was, yeah, that was, uh, that was Thursday. Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. If you still want to air grievances, I am uh, Mike. My wife is the co-host, Ginny, and this is Mike Davidson Lives, as said in the intro. Hope you're enjoying your holiday week, and uh, we are recording this... The night before Christmas. And I know. All, and all through the house, Logan's sleeping and the girls are across the street, so we're good. Yes. <laughs> we, um, but we weren't so quiet. Yeah. Now, well, we're not going to talk about that. But. but can but, we? What, do the you, X-rated version? No, 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 no. Yeah, no. <laughs> we, we just cleaned up the whipped cream and put the whips away. So, okay. Ah, put so. the whips away. Make whips. Now. <laughs> No, uh, well, I'm we just flashbacks. All right, well, we just did uh, the, this studio, uh, mm-hmm. and again, if you didn't put your kids away out of the room after that little bit, uh, you might want to now because we're talking about prep work with Santa. You know what I mean? Wink, wink. Oh, yes, yes, the big guy. Yeah, and no, there's not a third person in here. That part's not X-rated. Uh, the uh, <laughs> Um, what? They just had to put up the studio again because it, our studio was kind of the Santa's workshop area for you to wrap things for certain people. Hey, he just gave me the gifts and I wrapped them. Oh, he see? was a little pressed for time. It's called delegation. Okay, yeah, he's he's got all sorts of places to go. I like how he gave me an out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, I, it did get me thinking though. Back earlier in my radio career, back in Kokomo, you know, flashback. In the long ago, uh, there was a local restaurant tour that would talk about <laughs> his Christmas traditions and how uh, you know they would leave cookies and milk out for Santa and like vegetables out for the deer, and then when the kids were asleep, he would go out on the roof and put deer prints on there. And I thought, wow, that's... wow, do they climb the roof on Christmas Day? I guess there's that's like awesome. right by the window. But the thing is, when you put that in a commercial talking about family traditions and how you pretty much stage the deer landing. And, you know, this station has we moms. We landed on the moon. We did it. <laughs> this station has moms and their kids in the car listening. Uh, we did get some angry calls about that commercial saying, You you ruined Christmas. <laughs> their Christmas would be ruined soon enough. Soon yeah, enough. It's called adulthood. That's what ruins Christmas. Actually, yeah, no, a partner and I were talking about that. It's yeah? just like. Stress upon stress upon stress upon stress, and it's just no fun. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and sometimes I think a lot of the stress is put on by the adults themselves. I mean, there's the external stress, like your day-to-day jobs, and then there's the kids. But then sometimes I think some adults get they get the wrong things to be stressed about. Yeah. Like, we have to get the kids a perfect gift. It's like, you know, and I hate using this analogy, mm-hmm. but it's almost like with pets... You know, people spend a lot of money on their pets. Well, mm. we got to get this nice little tree for the cats to climb on. We have to get this nice little bed for the dog to lay in. Pets don't care as long as you feed them and show them love. Well, the kids were playing with styrofoam. Yeah, earlier. Oh. And they were like, they, they had so much fun with that crap. Yeah, and by the way, we're not giving them styrofoam for Christmas. They just, they love playing with that stuff. We didn't wrap blocks of styrofoam, although they but would probably be excited. if we did. If we did. 
this gives me an idea for next year. Exactly. You took the words right out uh, of my mouth. But, but uh, yeah, the styrofoam came because uh, part of my Christmas present uh, came early today, and I got to open up uh, six. And you got m- to open up something else, too. Yeah. Uh, six Marvel mugs uh, with, uh, you know, featuring Daredevil, Jean Grey, Wolverine, Kingpin, Loki, and Spider-Man. And we'll talk more about him here in a little bit. But uh, thank no you. spoilers, no. please. There will be spoilers, much like that. No, uh, must much like that. No. Christmas. No talking about spoilers. No, we can do the spoiler warning like we did with Ghostbusters Afterlife. Okay, fine. Yeah, it's gonna be kind of hard to talk about that movie without saying it, stuff. It's, it's great. It's great. Um, <laughs> but I, I got those coffee mugs in uh, for my lovely wife, and I can thank you very much for those. I was really excited about that. that oh, you're welcome. That did not ruin Christmas, but this might actually ruin Christmas for quite a few people. It might ruin the way you look at a certain television special and movie. Featuring the same character. Can you guess what character I'm thinking of? The Grinch? Yes, unfortunately. Oh. There's a story linked up on the mic. Is it the secret menu? Uh, I wish they kept this menu very secret, but on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. This was actually a story of the New York Times, just to show you how with it the New York Times is nowadays. Apparently, Grinch kink is a thing. <laughs> like, this dude out in L.A. posed dressed as the Grinch one year. And I guess this turned on some people, guy and gal alike. And they're talking about how, not just with him, but like, I guess one of the Kardashians or somebody dressed up with kind of a Grinchy costume and people were turned on by it. No, no. When I think Grinch, I think the Chuck Jones animated ugly looking mug, the, the Boris Karloff voice, scary as hell. What about that turns people on? Furries? Oh God! That just yeah. <laughs> I, when I think of the Grinch, I think of Jim Carrey. Yeah, well, and I used to have like a really big crush on Jim Carrey. But if uh, you know Jim Carrey in his heyday came up to you dressed as a Grinch, would you make out with him? No. Okay. Because I would be underage. Oh. <laughs> I think well, I was like you twelve. Yeah, you wouldn't go to jail. He would. He would. You would never see him again if that happened. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it just it's really weird. There's just some things like like it, it kind of goes back to that whole thing with uh, Wayne's World. Did you find Bugs Bunny attractive when he would dress up as a girl bunny? <laughs> uh-huh. And Wayne laughed at it. But apparently, and of course Garth's like, no, 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 neither did I. Huh? But apparently, that's a thing. I just mm-hmm. I don't see that. Mm-hmm. I think the closest I ever came to being like aroused would be like Jessica Rabbit. Okay, and when, that's okay. Uh, I had a cartoon crush on three different people simultaneously. Okay, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. They were kind of goofy looking. Yeah, they're <laughs> Canadian. Uh, I will say this though: um, when I was a kid, I went through the closet, and my dad had somehow like some of my da- uh, uncle Jimmy's old comic books, and I remember going through an old Amazing Spider-Man and seeing the Black Widow for the first time. Nothing bad happened, but I just thought she was. I guess looking back, I was like, man, she's hot. It wasn't like, you know, you'll go blind. It wasn't that bad, but it was just like, I guess that was like a crush on a fictional character, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So now that we've ruined your uh, evening, you can check out that story more on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. As uh, is, uh, squirrels are ruining Christmas decorations up in Minnesota. There's a park up there that had to cut back on the Christmas lights because I guess the squirrels were chewing through the wire. And, it, you know, it got me thinking, because, like, I, we haven't had that issue. We had the issue of uh, the light-up porcupine holding the Christmas lights standing up because they only gave us two stakes. He is a hedgehog. Hedgehog. You know what I meant. But, like... Porky hog. 
pork you hog. <laughs> which some of you may have done in college. Um, no. Drink from the butt, Bob. You don't know what you're missing. Um, oh, God. <laughs> but, but like, you know, we had that issue. But I don't, I don't think we've had it ever... I've never heard of anybody talking about, like, birds or squirrels messing with their We Christmas. have a cat. Yeah. That's, that's like, a common thing. Like, dogs and cats messing with the Christmas tree. I had a dog knock over a Christmas tree when I was growing up. And then we, uh, last year, we had a lot of ornaments on our tree. Not so much this year, but the, anything that looked like a sphere, a globe, a ball. Cat knocked it off the tree. Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride. Yeah, she did that sort of thing. I may have to go get another guest. Okay, One yes, uh, a special guest over there. But I've, I've never I've never had that issue with animals ruining Christmas decorations. It's always been like weather or one bulb goes out, the whole thing goes out. And I'm wondering if there's a better way for this park up in Minnesota to combat that than to you know use less decorations. I'm thinking... I'm thinking maybe open season with some hunters, you know, after hours so nobody gets uh, nobody gets hurt. I don't know, uh, but you can check out that story on the Mike Davidson Facebook page, and of course you'll be hearing this pretty much after your holiday decorations have uh, lived out their usefulness for the season. So there it is. All right, so um, I, there, there's something I wanted to touch base upon last week, and it does sound like I'm stoned because I kind of am. Uh, but last week on the podcast, I talked about this uh, this editorial in the Indianapolis Star about a, a season ticket holder for the Indianapolis Colts had season tickets for 38 years and decided to give up on them because, uh, well, it's just the going to football games not the same as it once was. And uh, basically, what he was talking about was, you know, being uh, hassled by panhandlers. Uh, being hassled by the scooters downtown, and those things are annoying. Uh, and I'll get to that here in a second. And of course, rude, rude fans when you go to the game. Um, I had the opportunity to go see the Indianapolis Colts take on the evil New England Patriots and actually win last weekend. The final score on that one was uh, like 27 to 17. Jonathan Taylor uh, ripped open that big run at the end, which was awesome. The place blew up. That was the fun part. But I tell you, the. Kind of building off what this uh, guy was talking about, there were some issues uh, going to the game, or just some fun, interesting observations, because I went with uh, Rob Haywood, somebody I went to school with. I went with uh, Steve Raznazzi, somebody I used to work with, and Mike and Coco, uh, friends of ours from up here in Fort Wayne. So we we all kind of gathered, went to the game, and enjoyed ourselves. But we got down there kind of early. And because I was so dog-tired, I drank a lot of coffee. And, of course, we didn't drink any fluids. Mm Mm-hmm. You make fluids. You make fluids, and you got to go immediately. So I went to the White Castle just outside Lucas Oil Stadium thinking I was going to get in. Uh, no, they have a, a a door lock because apparently there's an issue of non-paying customers going in and using the bathroom. Now, was it like you have to get the key from the attendant? It's or like it's, it's like, like a, a, code? A, a button code. They didn't give me the button code. Oh, I we have those. Yeah, well, I didn't know that until I got up to the door because there was a line, and then when I got mm-hmm. to the it was just like, oh, crap. But until I found out that there was a door code, I'm sitting, standing there in line with Steve. And, uh, you know, we're waiting to get into the bathroom. And this guy ahead of us, this Patriots fan, he was in there for the longest friggin' time. And I was wondering, is he doing drugs in there? It's a possibility. Is he taking a monster dump? Is he More of a possibility. Taking a dump while doing drugs? I didn't know. <laughs> but it comes out. 
and he says, "Hey, yo, bro," and he's talking to us, and he doesn't do any s talking. You know, you know, it wasn't like you know the Colts Patriot fan bickering back and forth. He's like, "Hey, man, check this out," and he shows us the name of this uh, Patriots player. He goes, "This guy's going to score the first touchdown of the game. I guarantee it. He's going to make me a lot of money." And we're like, "Oh, really?" And he goes, "Yeah, man, I just put twelve dollars down, and if he scores the first touchdown of the game, he's going to get me twelve hundred bucks." I'm thinking, "Great, this dude's on his phone while there's a line." <laughs> <laughs> to use the damn bathroom. And, of course, he's bragging about making all these bets. By the way, this guy didn't even score any points in the game. So well, he made zero money. Yeah, he lost 12 bucks. But we find that there's a door lock, and I'm just like, I have to use the bathroom. And there's like a touchdown town outside, Lucas Oil Stadium, no porta pots And we're waiting for somebody. Why? We're, yeah, I don't know. We're waiting for Rob. You know, Rob During COVID, no one poops or pees anymore. No more, no more. So... I guess the aesthetic is, you know, porta pots don't look all that great. And they don't, but they serve a purpose, damn it. And so we're waiting for Rob because he's a lawyer and he's held up in another case. And maybe I'll talk about it. I'm a really day. good lawyer. He's a really good lawyer. More on that later. And I'm just desperate because I don't want to go in the stadium without him. I've got the tickets. I don't want to leave him behind. And uh, so I'm just like, F it. So I go to the hotel across the street, Holiday Inn Express. I'm thinking, there's no way they're just going to let me go in and pee. I walk in. Nobody stops me. I go to the restroom. And we hang out in the after, uh, lobby area for pretty much half an hour staying warm. I use the bathroom twice. The the uh, <laughs> It is more difficult to take a leak at a White Castle downtown than it mm-hmm. is at a hotel. Nobody said anything to me. Well, with a hotel, you expect people to stay. With White right. Castle, you have to be in and out. Oh, no, but I've, I've heard horror stories about, you know, how there's hotels, good hotels in uh, bad parts of town, any town, where, like, there's a big fence and it's a little more hard to get in. And you have to, Hell, like, when I got back to the hotel after the game, when uh, I, I was staying on the north side of Indy, uh, I had to use my key card to get into the actual hotel after hours. Mm-hmm. There was not that issue with his hotel down, uh, downtown. So if you're ever tailgating at a Colts game, and I don't care who you're a fan of, um, that's the way to go. Mm. Hotel. Just don't spray paint the toilet bowl with, well, you know. So there was that. Spray but I, paint? Yeah, you know, <laughs> it would be a lot cleaner. It really would be. Um, but there was quite a few homeless people out there. And mm. um, Mike and I kind of made note of this. There's a There's a homeless guy. Uh, holding up a sign saying it's for booze, but the, well, at least he's straightforward. Yeah, yeah, he's he's being honest with things. Um, I'll be like, okay, dude, I'll get you a shot. Fine. But it for booze, all big letters. The S and the apostrophe are small, so I'm thinking he wrote this sign it for booze, and then went back and corrected the sign. So. But there was that, and we get in. I had to text Haywood his ticket um, because, again, this this court case, he was able to get in. I was a little worried about though because I was like, "It's the first time we got text tickets, you know, because mm-hmm. everything's paperless now, cashless too at Lucas Oil Stadium because of these fill in the blank times." You owe me eighteen dollars. I do. Yeah, it was for a beer, fries, and a burger. One beer, one burger, one order of fries. That's six dollars per thing. Per thing. Yeah. Per item. Yeah. Well, that brings down the cost of beer on average because it was like an eight-buck beer. Hmm. Yeah. So we get there. Haywood gets there, and then we get this couple sitting in in front of us. And, God, Rob, I feel bad for the dude because the guy he was sitting behind, uh, not only did we discover that during the game he was vaping, Hmm. 
He also doesn't smell like he showered for a couple days. So mm. for, for the purposes of this story, we're going to call him Stinky Vape Guy. Kind of obnoxious going back to uh, what this guy in the Indie Star wrote about last week. Like, you know, just some fans just don't know how to, you know, act in public, right? Uh, no one taught them manners. Yeah. And, you know, this guy, I, I, the vaping didn't really bother me so much as the odor, but still, you don't vape during a game because it's almost like smoking. I mean, it's, I mean it it's, is. it's pretend smoking, but it's smoking. You forget what I mean. But as obnoxious as uh, Stinky Vape Guy was, he later on becomes a hero in the story mm-hmm. because he redeemed himself. In the second half, we're sitting there, and of course things are getting a little tense. And uh, when the, we walked into Lucas Oil Stadium, it's the night before, it's the home game before Christmas. They hand out these blue and white Santa hats, and I had it on my head. And of course, I got a big head, and this hat is small, but it doesn't matter. Where is that Santa hat? It's floating around somewhere. I got to show you. I forgot to show you that because I was dead tired when I got back Sunday. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm sitting there. We're sitting there enjoying the game. And all of a sudden, I feel the hat fly off my head and land in my lap. Well, this drunk... Also, the air conditioning will be fixed later this yeah. afternoon. <laughs> I wish it was that easy, but it was uh, this drunk Colts fan. And keep in mind, the Colts ha- are lead- have been leading the entire game. It got a little close toward the end, but they've been leading the entire game. This Colts dr- fan, drunk off his butt, acting like an ass, going down... Th- I love how you chose he- those words. Butt and ass. <laughs> yeah, just to show I'm working both sides of the street here, whatever that means. Plus, uh, you're... Your son's in front of you. Oh, he's going to say these words eventually. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Just not in front of mom. So the <laughs> this drunk Colts fan is like pulling pulling these Santa hats off of other Colts fans. Just being a real obnoxious jerk. And of course, stinky vape guy's wearing his Colts Santa hat. Guy pulls it off him. He goes, "What the f, bro?" And so stinky vape guy mm-hmm. follows them down to the entrance, and they're like verbally arguing. And this dude knocks his $8 beer out of his hand. <laughs> so Stinky Vape Guy does us all a favor and pushes this a-hole down the stairs. <laughs> How I, many stairs did he go down? Uh, Probably halfway before he caught himself. But, like, this guy didn't come back to the section because there's a whole host. Like, we were sitting up in the uh, 600 level, like the nosebleeds, with, with a bunch of Colts fans. And there were some Patriot fans in the mix, you know, because they have that fan base. The, the Boston fans were not as obnoxious as this D-bag. I think you owe them an apology. Well, I just I just want to thank them for not being as obnoxious as this jerk. Because it was just, it was like you go to, a, you go to the game to enjoy it. You know, you, you don't go there picking fights. At least I don't. Mm. You know. Everywhere I go, I hope to pick a fight. You do? Yes. I hope one day we go to a hockey game and you do so. It almost happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, it was a great game. And then on our way out, this still seems surreal to me. Okay? Mm-hmm. We're walking out. We part ways with Haywood. Haywood's parked in another part uh, of the city. And we're parked down the street like about three blocks. And so we're walking, and we walk by <clears throat> a man and a woman dressed very peculiarly because they were wearing matching leopard jackets we were walking by apparently a lady of the night and her manager <laughs> and he just he, yeah a pimp and a prostitute it seems surreal because it almost looked like they came out of party city or something they were going to a halloween party but they're walking into a crowd 
of jubilant Colts fans, despondent Patriot fans, hoping to capitalize on somebody's emotion hey, that night. It's America. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's still not legal, but I mean, because I, the government can't tax, you know, prostitution. You know, you're probably right. It's That's not, the only reason why it's, it's illegal. It's, it's not a moral thing. It's just like, how much do we tax per per hump? You know, and, uh-huh. that, and but it, it just seems so surreal. And of course, I get back to the hotel and I'm texting, "Hey, what? Hey, man, you missed the pimp and the prostitute. They walked right by us. We were just like laughing." And Haywood goes, I should have given you some business cards to hand out. <laughs> it was a missed opportunity. If he had only parked where we had parked, mm, mm-hmm. you know, he would be like, hey, I can get you out of trouble. Or, hey, if you got some clients who are married and they go through a divorce because of you, just put in a good word for me. <laughs> hey, man, he's a really good lawyer. <laughs> he's a really good lawyer. <laughs> Which brings us to dun, 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 spoilers for anybody that uh, lives if in the If you cave. have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home, Turn this off now. Push pause. Leave the house. Go see it. Come back in three hours, and then you can listen to the rest of this. Or Maybe four, so you can like emotionally, you know. Yeah, get some stuff. Control out. yourself. Um, but uh, I, I tell you, and again, it, like, you know, it takes a while for a movie to really gel in your mind. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, you see it once, you're like, hey, that's great, and you go back, and you're not sure if it's great or not, and you know, just you know, sometimes, sometimes the movie doesn't grab you and then it does eventually or maybe you're really caught up in the movie and then it's just like yeah whatever but uh, um we saw it wednesday night here in fort wayne and i gotta tell you like the place for wednesday night was pretty packed i know it's holiday break as you pointed out um but like for wednesday night it had a pretty good crowd and it was just a lot of fun to watch it was it was a great superhero movie and I mean, it really does change the dynamic of Spider-Man in the Marvel universe, and it really does play off of his mantra: "With great power comes great responsibility." And not only that, but it pretty much ties in the Tobey Maguire movies and the Andrew Garfield movies. And I got to tell you, like, I, I haven't seen the Amazing Spider-Man movies with Andrew Garfield because I, you know, critically, they they just didn't hold as well. You hear that the movies were bad. But from what I saw, and again, if you didn't turn this podcast off, it's on you. Uh, you know, Toby and Andrew make an appearance because this is uh, you know, the multiverse. Andrew Garfield was not a bad Spider-Man. Mm-mm. He was actually kind of fun. And it's just, it's a shame that those movies didn't take hold. I mean, we, we got... I Emma Stone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, Tom Holland's great. He's probably my favorite Spider-Man. Of course. But, I mean, with without Tobey Maguire, you wouldn't be here. And our, it, it almost seemed like kind of a redemption for Andrew Garfield. Mm-hmm. It really did. Well, uh, he did. He did redeem himself. Yes. And, and, and there was a scene where he did do that because, uh, given the nature of some of the stuff he dealt with in his movies, he had a chance to... Well, prove, they all redeem themselves, actually. Yeah, they do. Uh, but basically, uh, at the end of uh, Far From Home, Mysterio reveals Spider-Man is Peter Parker. And I'd say it's a heavy, heavy scene. And, of course, with that, with that uh, comes a lot of fallout because now you're a high school kid who uh, is being hassled by the media, by law enforcement. Your friends are being hassled. And it gets to a point where, um, well, I mean, his friends can't get into MIT, so he goes to Doctor Strange to kind of fix this. Uh, Strange casts a spell, Pete talks mid-spell, and basically the spell brings in people who know who Peter Parker and Spider-Man are from other dimensions, like 
Thomas Hayden Church's Sandman, like Jamie Foxx's um, uh, Electro, uh, the British guy that plays the lizard. <laughs> I forget his name. Dr. Connors? Dr. Connors, but it's like, I'm forgetting the name of the actor. And, of course, it brings in uh, Alfred Molino's Dr. Octopus, which is a great Spider-Man movie and a villain. And it also <laughs> brings in Norman frickin' Osborn. Oh, my gosh. Willem Dafoe. After 20 years, the man still got it. Oh, my. And, and I'm telling you, like, we talked about this before. You asked me who is Spider-Man's Joker. I said it was Green Goblin because he just, he's just, he's such a vicious bastard. He's such a, he's such, he just psychologically wears on Pete. And he's done things in the comic books and other media to earn that reputation. And he does so in this movie. Like, basically the premise is these villains come over. Pete finds out that they're all going to die at the hands of Spider-Man. Not necessarily because Spider-Man's out to kill them. It's just, you know, they battle and they die. And this Pete wants to save them by curing them of their their problems. Their, their mutations, their powers, whatever. And so he does that with the help of some stark technology because with great power yes comes great responsibility and he's doing this at, uh pretty much uh against what dr strange wants to do which is send them back it's their fate well he takes care of dr strange in a really cool fight sequence it's probably like oh god it's it's probably one of my that panel looks like a dr strange fight sequence oh the one uh, behind me the marvel one with uh five or six different characters but like the fight sequence between Doctor Strange and Spider-Man is probably one of my favorite things because Spidey finds a way to outsmart Doctor Strange in this mirror dimension geometry geometry it was it was just such a cool scene it seems like something a, a nerdy Peter Parker would use as Spider-Man and it, to me it was just it was it was cosmic it was something I'd never seen before but it seemed like something Pete would do and I really really loved that and uh also, um, also, what I loved about this movie is just how Norman Osborn does get to Pete. Like, he uses his Jekyll and Hyde to pretty much sucker Pete into getting close to him. And, like, he finds out where Aunt May works. They get into this safe house that Happy put him in. And that's when all hell breaks loose. After they, after they cure Dr. Otto Octavius of his... Uh, of uh, how the arms control him, then Norman strikes, and he strikes at Pete in a big way, mm -hmm. and um, basically kills Aunt May. Like and that's and that's a rough. I feel scene. like he still shouldn't have said that. I know, but I told everybody to turn the damn podcast off if they hadn't already. Um, but you know that that uh, leads to Toby and and uh, Andrew, uh, their Pete's seeking out this Pete. You know, con consoling him because they went through the same damn thing with their Uncle Ben and Gwen Stacy and everything. And then they used science to beat the bad guys. I thought you were going to say Gwen Stefani for a second. And, uh, you know, Doc and Doc, Doc <laughs> okay, Ock. Okay, fine, fine. Don't <laughs> laugh. Doc Ock helps out in the end, too. And, you know, and, and they prevent him, Pete from making a big mistake. But the thing is, is uh, the spell that Doctor Strange was going to cast was to make everybody forget who Peter Parker was. And the only way to keep other villains from coming in would be for him to successfully do that. So he does that, but in a way he loses Ned and he loses MJ. Mm -hmm. They forget who he is completely. So he's got to start from scratch. you know. And it's just it's kind of a hard thing to swallow, but it was just overall, I mean, it kind of encompasses that, you know, Pete can't win for winning. You know, even when he wins, he doesn't win. And there's always loss. And, 
You know, it shows what happens. I mean, with Tony Stark saying, hey, I'm Iron Man, well, he's a rich dude who pretty much has billions of dollars where it's, hey, I'm Peter Parker and I'm on the mathlete team. Mm-hmm. You know, and th- there's that. I mean, that's it's a lot to say, and there's a lot more I want to talk about, but I kind of yammered on. What were, what were things that really stuck with you with the movie? So, Spider-Man 2002 is my quintessential superhero movie, one that I will enjoy for years and years to come. Right. Um, I loved it when all three of them got together and they thwipped their way off the building and went, woo <laughs> it, it just it brought me back. Yeah. It was so amazing. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely have to say that scene. And then, of course, where MJ and Ned come together with Peter after, you know, Aunt May was yeah. murdered. And I'm getting chills right now. It was just like Peter cried. Yeah. And it was, I felt that because I've been there. Yeah. And it sucks. Mm-hmm. And that's all you can do. Yeah. And it, it's it's really, it's handled very well. I mean, th- this movie is just it's like i said it's something different but it feels like a spider-man movie if there ever was a perfect movie looking at the stats mm-hmm. i'd say it's pretty damn near perfect well it's 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 in in the realm of superhero genre films i would say it's it's it could be a top five i mean i would i have to go and see it again but there was just so much i loved about it. of course there's a lot of things i kind of question about because you know that movie just gets you thinking like well, what about what about what about but but like it wasn't like it, it was just something I hadn't seen before mm. and I, I liked how Doctor Strange was in it and I got to talk about my favorite cameo in the movie uh, Matt friggin Murdoch I'm, oh, I'm a yes. huge Daredevil fan and he was in there as he didn't he didn't put on the Daredevil costume but uh, uh, the the scene where he's in the kitchen with Happy Aunt May and Pete. And people are, you know, angry about Peter Parker and Spider-Man. And somebody throws a rock through the window or a brick. And, Sp- and Pete was about to catch because he got Spider-Sense. And Matt, ca- you know, a blind lawyer catches it behind his own head. with One hands it. And Pete goes, how did you do that? And Matt just looks at him and goes, I'm a really good lawyer. And it gets me excited about the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I know I, I've nerded out and, about this And thing. Daredevil, because you have your mug. Yes, I, and I'm drinking tea right now out of, out of my uh, The Man Without Fear uh, mug, which, again, I got for Christmas. So thank you very much again, Jenny. And I, we kind of yammered on about football and comic books, but, I mean, that's... That's, that's a, all I got. That's a, it's a, it's it's a Christmas great, Eve. It's a great Christmas podcast. It's a great holiday podcast. Nothing too heavy. Nothing, you know... To no, just bring. something... Fun and yeah. enlightening, and you know, pimps and hookers. Yeah, pimps and hookers, and I can always bitch about uh, things next week with the. No. I don't want to do a year in review, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe talk about some New Year's Eve things, New Year's Day things, whenever we decide to cut the podcast. Uh, but again, uh, thanks for listening. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and looking forward looking forward to doing more episodes. Talk to you guys later. Don't go to prison. You've been listening to Mike Davidson live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live. 